NBC Sports Radio weekends. Let's bring in the leisure man, Pabst and Andrew Perloff. The show starts right now. Welcome to the leisure man on NBC Sports Radio. I'm Paul Pabst. He's Andrew Perloff. Sunday, October 30th. We're in the headquarters, the rainy headquarters at NBCSN in Stamford, Connecticut. Low on fumes, high on morale, ready to go, Pearl? Well, I know you have some some issues. Yeah. Well, you basically... I, you mean specifically today or just overall? Well, yeah, overall definitely, but I can't <laughs> imagine that, you know, if you bring your A game today, I'm going to be very impressed because you have a few things working against you. Go ahead. Your travel schedule's been crazy. A little bit. I imagine it was a gigantic party in Chicago. <laughs> And your Cubs are down and in trouble. I mean, I have like uh, I feel bipolar right now. I'm thinking ten different things. Uh, just to fill you in, again, I'm Paul Paps. He's Andrew Perloff. We're the leisure room. We've got a big show tonight. We're going to get you up to date on the NFL. I just got off a plane four hours ago from Chicago. Spent the weekend there, checking out Game Three and Four of the World Series. A lifelong Cubs fan, as leisureman fans know. I'm going to get into it all earlier, a uh, little later today. But I'm in a real weird place right now with the game tonight, and it's uh, we're going to get into it. Yeah, I mean, just are you okay? Do I have to worry about you at all? I think I'm convincing myself that things are going to be great. I'm trying to, you know, force morale, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, the pitching matchup is great. Lester. Keep going. Lester should win. I, go. Is this good about Lester versus Bauer? I mean, I would if I knew how to bet on baseball, what five to two meant or all that. Keep going. Tell me good things. Oh, dude, the Cubs are definitely winning. The question Beautiful. is game six. Although, uh, I'm not sure you want me to tell you good things because my predictions are <laughs> often wrong. It's all right. But you know what? There's football going on right now. We got football in America later tonight. This is a really nice game. The, yeah, this is Dak Prescott of the Cowboys against the Eagles' Carson Wentz. They're talking about this like it's going to be the rivalry of the decade. Don't you wish, just from a TV standpoint, wish that this game tonight, Football Night in America, Eagles-Cowboys was separate from what could be the clincher for the Indians-Cubs? Because I would like to watch wire-to-wire both those games. No, I'll tell you right now, you don't. Because if the Indians clinch tonight, you're going to be incredibly disappointed. Right. I think America is going to be disappointed. Because they expected something out of this Cubs narrative. And it's okay if they lose. But to lose like this, getting swept at home, that'd be bad. It, it'd be real bad. And, you know, the ratings have been huge. I think it's been the best rating since 03. 09, I saw, too, the, when the Yankees were in there, too. Right. Uh, yeah, it's been big. I think it could outrate the football game tonight. Because the football game could be sloppy. Yeah, but the football game is two of the biggest storylines of the entire year in all of sports. Carson Wentz, who was supposed to be inactive, so we thought, for the Eagles. And Dak Prescott, who, if... Uh, Kellen Moore, the backup quarterback out of yeah. Boise State, he breaks his ankle in a meaningless preseason game, and that opened the door. Now, he may have, it may have been Prescott's job anyway when Tony Romo got hurt, but on the depth chart, Kellen Moore was the two-spot. No, it was incredible luck that it happened that way, and he was great in preseason. So I actually – remember I tweeted in August that I don't care if it's preseason. I'm absolutely in love with Dak yes. Prescott. I'm going to be resetting that tweet if he wins tonight, uh, and I'll be forgetting it if uh, he falls apart. The funny thing is, though, these quarterback narratives, Paulie, they're ridiculous. Every week we have a quarterback narrative, and every week it falls apart. Matthew Stafford was the hot guy. Right. He loses today. Now we're going to forget about him. Andrew Luck was having a resurgence. He loses. We're going to forget about him. You know who the big one tomorrow is? Who? Derek Carr. Oh, now Derek Carr is an MVP candidate. Derek Carr, the best quarterback in the league, under 25 years old, is playing in Oakland. He's leading this team out of the doldrums. He overcame 28,000 penalties or whatever today. There's going to be some Derek Carr love this week. He beat the Bucks 
in overtime. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And that'll fall apart in a week, too. Matt Ryan is an MVP candidate. He better win. They're trailing at halftime to the Packers. I was driving in today. I think it's one of the things that makes the NFL great is that there is not one storyline that plays all year. They, they waver from, I think this is a good thing. Like, college football, it's Alabama in the one spot basically all season. There's not a lot of drama around that. In the NFL, from week to week, we, we do these takes about people, and they, they blow up in our faces a week later. Well, college football, though, as you point out many times, if you think you know the Heisman in October, you're usually wrong. And I, about, a, I think it was two weeks ago, I said to you, I'll bet you 100 bucks, Lamar Jackson, the Louisville quarterback, wins the Heisman. I'm glad you didn't take me up on it. I'm glad, too, because I'm glad I didn't take you up on it. Because Did you na- think that was enough? No, I think Lamar Jackson is, might get it now because the Washington quarterback, sophomore, it's going to be tougher for him to get it. Washington's in good shape. Jabril Peppers has a real nice storyline. He's for dangerous for, for Jackson. He's a big competition. Jabril Peppers, who plays, I guess, a defensive back, linebacker role. He returns kicks. He catches passes. He ran the uh, the basically the Wildcat and scored a touchdown. He also, at the end of the game, returned a two-point conversion for Michigan. He's the guy who right now has, I think, the edge. Not He shouldn't have the edge on Lamar Jackson of Houston, of Louisville, but he does because he's on TV a lot. Yeah, and also uh, Clemson quarterback Deshaun Watson. They get a big win. He's just good. I don't know. like, But as you've pointed out, is that good enough or do you have to peak? Because last year he peaked. He peaked. Oh, man, it's complicated. Dalvin Cook, the running back for Florida State, he, he feels like a guy who should be in the Heisman conversation. Yeah. But those big games, he does well and they don't get into it. Well, you know, let's, we'll do more college football later. But, but right, You know what's funny, Paul? We could talk about If you want to talk about the opening weekend of the NBA, I could go on for a half hour, too. It's overwhelming right now. I've got a segment of first week NBA stats that's going to blow your mind. I'm going to give you I the love st- it. stat. I looked at them today. I'm like, who? Who is this guy who's averaging 13 assists? While you were at the stadium, I was literally watching four games simultaneously. NBA? I was watching two NBA games, the baseball game, and Clemson, Florida State all at once. And you know a good leisureman can can achieve this goal. Proud of you. I like where your head's at. All right, right now we got a couple games. Halftime, Packers 24-19 over the Falcons. This is, a, I think, a great matchup, at least on paper. Both teams need the win. Matt Ryan having an okay game, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers it looks, I thought, much better in the first half. Yeah, and he's throwing to nobody. There's a guy who caught a touchdown who I'd literally never heard of in my entire yeah, it life. Was, it was a little curl pattern by the end zone. It's like, who is that guy? Who's yeah, that? what's his name? Like, Carmen Gillespie? What? Carmen Gillespie. He signed off the practice squad. I know that. But uh, there, there is a bunch of nobodies running around for the Packers. I'm looking at it, too, because I saw the guy catch it. Trevor Davis. He's got three catches for 24 yards. I don't know where he came from. Oh, there's another guy with a bizarre name. Geronimo Ellison? Yes. Ger- oh, love that guy. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. There's a kid out of uh, – I had a huge uh, punt return for the Bengals who was a practice squad player. Alex Erickson? Sure. Wisconsin? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's already at the point of season where guys are scoring and we don't know their name. Right. That's not good. Atlanta's led in receiving by good old Trevor Gabriel. He's got 58 yards catching. Oh, yeah. And I see Austin Hooper has a few catches. Name the team. Love Hoop. Maybe. (laughs) What is going on out there? I'm going to guess Austin Hooper. He sounds like, uh, I'm going to guess, Stanford-ish? Yes, he went to Stanford. You must have subconsciously remembered him from Stanford. That's the only way. Well, the other game that's going on right now, you got, you know, the early games were weird. But the other game going on right now is the Broncos hosting the Chargers. Broncos up 17-7. This is another one. That's really interesting for the Chargers standpoint because they're three and four, and I think the Chargers go away if they don't get this one. Yeah, and they have enough talent that they could win that division. But I'm going to make a bold call that I'm going to save for later. Human take? Yes. It's about the AFC West. Really? You know, a lot of people in Chicago on the street were asking about uh, leisureman human takes. Yes. How did you explain it? I actually nobody asked at all. Oh. Yeah. 
I thought it'd fire you up though. I didn't think you're you know not up. you get it like not hot takes but, but human human takes yeah. Chicago could be humid right off the lake. Uh, Philip Rivers he's got ooh eleven for twenty five two interceptions. Trevor Simeon classic Trevor Simeon day twelve for twenty four one forty five and nothing. Yeah, they got a pick six out of Roby. Denver, they're not good offensively. Devontae <laughs> Booker filling in at running back. He got his shoulder kind of busted up. It's, you know, no C.J. Anderson. But that defense is good enough to win games. The other weird one today is I get off the plane. I get home to my house at around 12.45 p.m. Eastern. I'm like, perfect. I could settle in, maybe catch a shower, <laughs> get a little bite to eat, and then get the 1 o'clock games. I turn on Fox or something. And there's Redskins, Bengals in overtime at 27. So you didn't have DirecTV on your plane? No, I was on uh, American Airlines, and I think I watched um, I watched Neighbors. Oh, okay. The, I got the a hot sequel? T- no, the first one. I got a hot, a humid take on Neighbors. Is that the Seth Rogen movie? Oh, come on. You've seen it, right? Yeah, but there's a sequel out, and you haven't seen I don't think I could see the sequel. You're still talking about Neighbors 1 when Neighbors 2 is in theaters, I think, as we speak? By the way, I got a really awkward topic when we talk about our weekend later with Neighbors because watching movies on a plane, we're going to get into that. But, all right, a lot to get to. We're going to do uh, leisureman advice later. We have some travel advice. We have humid takes. We have leisureman approved, not approved. Our movie segment, I've only got one, but it's pretty juicy. And then first crack later. You didn't pay off what happened in the Bengals-Redskins uh, well, game. 27-27 and... Both teams had multiple chances to score. I think Andy Dalton had four possessions or something like that. Yeah, fumbled at the 50-yard line in what could have easily been a, a game-winning drive. The Redskins missed a field, a chippy shot field goal uh, in overtime. Now, the Bengals had this game and found creative ways to give it away. But the point was, it was the London game, and it bled into the 1 o'clock games, and yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Did it, it pushed back like the Seahawks game, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And that was really weird. And I don't know. This is another reason why NFL ratings are down, because if I have trouble finding a game, that's not good. We know football like the back of our hand. Mm. And for us guys in sports, I mean, you probably knew the game was on, but I didn't know there was a London game this morning. Well, it's interesting. That London game obviously is a bigger picture for the NFL. And I'm curious. We got to take the show to London because I saw the jersey collection I saw at this game, Paul, would have amazed you. But they're all obscure old jerseys. <laughs> or, But they literally have all 32 teams are represented in the crowd. There's no rhyme or reason. So I don't think there's a single Bengal fan there. So people just show up in, in like a Moose and Muhammad yes. Carolina Panthers jersey? Yeah, you'll see a lot of Moose and Muhammad. Not a lot? You'll see a lot of Ricky Proles. You never know. I saw a Greg Lloyd Packer, a Steelers jersey. No, it's all quarterbacks. It's actually Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Tom Brady. But I also saw, guess who number two over there? Odell Beckham Jr. Right behind Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think it's working. I know, like, we don't know the game is on, but I think London, it's catching fire, Paul. All right, stick around. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about the Cubs weekend and the Cubs chances tonight. It's about an hour, about two hours before first pitch at Wrigley Game 5. This is it for the Cubs. America, you have to be kind and gentle to Paul Paps tonight. Yeah, you know what? I haven't been kind and gentle my whole life, so I probably deserve a little bit. It's probably open season. Karma. Karma, buddy. All All right, right, stick around. We're the Leisurman, NBC Sports Radio. And we are the Leisurmen. I'm Andrew Perloff. He's Paul Paps. You can follow us on Twitter at Andrew Perloff and at Paul Paps. And if you go to Paul's Twitter feed or his Instagram feed, you will see some interesting pictures from Chicago. I kind of felt like I was there vicariously through you. Was it as awesome as it seemed? It was. As a lifelong Cubs fan, I I flew in Thursday right after the DP show, got right to the hotel, went out and got some barbecue with some old buddies and... uh, but I was, I was kind of in a weird quandary. I'm going to bring this up because I was tweeting a lot of stuff and, and doing like a Periscope at Wrigley Field. I was able to get into Wrigley Field on Friday and, and Instagram. And uh, 
in Facebook. But I, I was like, I hope this doesn't come off as I'm bragging because, you know, it would be kind of a jerky move to send out pictures. Hey, I'm at the World Series and you're not. And that's not what I was trying to do. But I, I was trying to, like, say, hey, this is a great experience. I want to show you what things I've seen that I've never seen before. Like, the Wrigley Field dugout looks like it did 75 years ago. Wow. Have you been in it? You've been in it before, though, right? Yeah, but I just assumed that with all these renovations at Wrigley oh, Field. Oh, right, right. Wrigley Field outside does not look anything like it did 10 years ago. There's a new hotel coming up. There's hot restaurants. There's, it's just cleaner and nicer and more sanitized, but it's still got a long way to go. Inside, it, if you took away the two jumbotron boards, which is hard to do, it looks exactly the same as it did 100 years ago. But these jumbotron boards are you know, the glowing. The bleachers are the same? Are the bathrooms in the bleachers the same? Every bathroom is the same. It's the same huge stall bathrooms where it's like... The trough. They, they've got the trough. They've got the best bathroom system in sports. It, there was 200 people in line in the bathroom like, oh my gosh, and it went in about two minutes. We just kept going fast. Wow. <laughs> it, it sounds like you made a bunch of trips. I, I want to ask, uh, you, had, you told me some of the celebrity sightings. What, can you want to tell it, the crowd? You know, I, I'll explain it like this. The, the Cubs getting in the World Series, for any Cubs fan or peripheral Cubs fan, celebrity Cubs fan, this is it, man. This is what you've been waiting for, to get a ticket, get in. I know a lot of people who broke the bank to get in there. Yeah. They showed, I think I emailed you, the celebrity list for game three and four at Wrigley Field. You know, Vince Vaughn, all the hockey players. We saw Dwayne Wade walking out of his suite. Uh, John Cusack. Uh, there was uh, John Hamm, the actor, Eddie Vedder, and so on and so on. Every local celebrity, every former local celebrity was there. Bill Murray did the seventh inning stretch. I saw. that. That One of my first celebrity questions. So Vince Vaughn did the seventh inning stretch last night, yes. Saturday night. Now, it was right after the Indians had taken a big lead. Right. It seemed like the crowd was trying to stay in it. Like, the crowd... Even losing is trying to savor this. Was that just a TV, or were people really depressed last night? It, it was like you're fighting for something to cheer for. I think Dexter Fowler led off the eighth with a home run, and you're like, yes, but we're st- yeah, they were still down. 7-2, yeah. 7-2. But anything, Vince Vaughn got the, char- cloud, uh, the crowd ch- charged up. and So that did work, Vince Vaughn, because it looked like fun. You know, even in a losing effort, it seemed like people were still into it. At the end of the day, you're in a World Series at Wrigley Field, something that even that didn't think possible. So I'll say this. If the Cubs happen to lose, and I, I, th- I still think they're going to win. I really do. I think the way it sets up, uh, you got Lester and then Arietta the next two days. I think they could win two in a row and make it a seven-game series. Absolutely. If you, get to, if you win tonight, which you should with the pitching matchup, you get to a game six. With, with Jake Arietta. Anything could happen. But if they happen to lose, I would say this. Nobody expected – they expected to be in the World Series this year. That's what's tough. I think the team, a lot of people, a lot of people picked them, the talent – Joe Madden, Theo Epstein, the new stadium is being worked up. Everyone felt like this was the year. The only silver linings are there's two. It feels like this team could be relevant for the next three or four years because there's a lot of guys locked up at low money like Javi Baez and Rizzo and Zobrist. But the only silver lining for me, I talked to a few Cleveland fans, and they were really nice. They didn't say, eat, eat it, man, we're going to win. They were, you know, Some did, but <laughs> not to me. But if, if you have to lose to a team, you'd like to lose to the Cleveland Indians. Right, who's sort of a, a similar team that they're young. Like but, the JV version of the Cubs. They right, they don't have anywhere near the talent, though. Then their pitching staff, to, on paper, to yeah. me, their pitching staff does not look good. It feels like Kluber, and that's it. And Andrew Miller, the pickup of Andrew Miller, who's right. like the Swiss Army knife. Oh, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he could be, I and mean, Kluber's going to get MVP if they win, but it should be Lindor is an unbelievable uh, fielder. Oh, and I think Miller got MVP of the ALCS. Right. Lindor, all the fielders are good, but Lindor moves really fast. Yeah. 
Um, the coolest thing, though, was walking into game one. I was I actually, you know, was hanging out with this guy. We, we had on, He's a Leisureman friend. He's a friend of the Leisureman show. Dan Katz, big cat from big Barstool cat. Sports. And we're at the Cubby Bear, and we've got our tickets in our hand. That's our, a bar, right? Yeah, it's right across. It's 50 meters away from the front of Wrigley Field, the marquee. There's probably a couple hundred thousand people out on the street. The estimates in Chicago were there are 300,000 people partying outside the stadium. The stadium only holds 42,000. It actually holds like 36, <laughs> but standing room only, there was thousands of people standing at the game, and they paid tickets to stand inside Wrigley. Wow. We were outside Wrigley getting ready to go in. I look at him like, hey, dude, we're about to walk into a, a home World Series game at Wrigley. He goes, I can't believe it, and we're just about to walk in, and I still can't believe it. <laughs> and you crossed in there, and you crossed in the building, and it was just packed house. There are all these crazy stats. Uh, there was one, I think it was Jason Kipnis hit the three-run homer, right. right? That he was, the only other two guys who've hit a three-run homer in the World Series in Wrigley Field were Jimmy Fox and Babe Ruth. <laughs> in fact, there was about seven guys who did things that hadn't been done since Babe Ruth. Right. The history is ridiculous. But, okay, I was at my basketball run yesterday. I have to tell you this. I'm just going to warn you. Uh. A bunch of people said, aren't you sick of the Cubs fans already? There is blowback out there. It's just too cute a story a little bit. There are, I have to admit, for the neutral fans, I think you're already seeing some of them are rooting against the Cubs. Well, I think what really stinks is for the national media is if the Cubs don't win this World Series, which it looks like they may not, and the Cubs are right there next year, they got to crank up this whole storyline again. I think that's the best thing. I hate to say it, losing and having this next year might be better for baseball. (laughs) Maybe. But it, it's like, it feels like crying wolf. I mean, if you walk around Chicago, it was the only topic. There's those W's when they fly the flag, fly the W to win everywhere. Old of course ladies. it's the only topic. What, are you going to talk about the Bears? Yeah, the, you know, White Sox offseason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, time. even. but by the way, even if the Bears were good, my sense is it still would have been the only topic. Yeah, it would have. Uh, you know, a couple good things at Wrigley. I spent a little bit um, of time. I sat in a few different spots. I sat out row three center field bleachers. The bleachers are the best. You just have this dead-on view where you could see over the pitcher's shoulder. And, you know, it was breezy, like 65 degrees. You got bratwurst right up the stairs. Uh, yeah, what was this weather? It looked great. Beautiful weather. A little breezy. So, sounds like a wonderful weekend. We'll get more into it. Yeah. Now, uh, pivoting over football for a second. Atlanta and Green Bay, 24-19.5. What happened to this Atlanta defense? I thought they were – Dan Quinn, their coach, was supposed to play some defense – this seems like it's going to be a great shootout. Uh, and Atlanta's at the one-yard line at Green Bay about to score to go ahead. Do you remember this show four weeks ago when Atlanta had won a couple and everyone's jumping yes. on? And you and I looked at each other and said, we are not buying into Atlanta. We've been burned too many times. And they're about half an hour from being four and what, four and four, four and three? Yeah, uh, well, who knows who's going to win this game, but yeah. And also, Denver-San Diego, it's 17-13 right now uh, in the third quarter. Do you have any idea who's going to win this game, Paul? Uh, I know the Chargers will take the lead at some point. And the Broncos will end up winning it. <laughs> yeah, that's the trend. It's like Groundhog's Day on the leisure. And all right, stick around. Our buddy Tony Archacki from CSN Chicago, he's on the field at Wrigley. He's going to call in and set the scene. Stick around with a leisureman, NBC Sports Radio. On NBC Sports Radio, I'm Paul Paps. He's Andrew Perloff. You want to call the show, 855-323-4622. Or hit us up at the leisureman on Twitter. Let's bring in our boy, Tony Androcki, CSN, Comcast Sportsnet, Chicago. Tony, on the field right now, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I actually tucked into a little tunnel because uh, there's a lot going on out there, so it's kind of hard to hear. Now, we were hanging out the past couple of days. I was at Wrigley, and I met Tony the other day, and morale was really high with Game 3. I think there was still a lot of hope with Game 4. 
you've been there the past 24 hours. What's the mood in the city like, I guess, not inside the stadium, but what you've heard of the fans, sports talk radio? Uh, you know, I think, I think the fact that it was a Saturday night gave everybody a little bit of an opportunity to recharge, you know, go back, uh, hit up a bar to uh, hang out with friends or family. And it seems like today, this morning and, and this afternoon, everybody's been really positive. There's Cubs fans out writing on the bricks uh, outside the bleachers that they still believe, uh, writing that, you know, all the hope and, and cheering on their guys. So, uh, yeah, it seems all positive again. You know, it's weird how so many people have reset and feel that they could actually do this or they could actually, you know, at least push it back to Cleveland. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, yesterday was, and last night, it was just so much despair after losing the first two games. And everybody was so excited to see a World Series here at Wrigley. And now they still haven't even yet seen a World Series victory here at Wrigley since 45. Um, so there's a lot to take for them, but I think they've processed it well. Tony, I'm going to go back to Thursday. When I got into town and I was hanging out and getting ready to go to the game on Friday, it felt like the, the Indians were just a speed bump, like a bit player in this thing that's on its way to happening. All the celebrities were in town. People, I met people from South Dakota, from Arizona who flew in. It's like, I can't miss the Cubs win the World Series. I, you know, you've got to be there for Game 5. Game 5, you want to see them clinch. There was nobody even discussing the possibility of not winning this World Series. Do you think it's just one of those years where confidence is at an all-time high and it's still around? Yeah, uh, and you know what? I fell into that same trap, too. I you know, was out in Cleveland, saw the way the Cubs were taking that badge for the first two games, and I thought coming back, I, th- I believe there was a real possibility of you know, sweeping the three games here at Wrigley and clinching on Sunday night in Game 5. Um, and I think it's an easy trap to fall into. I mean, even you know, us in the media, the fan base, especially with how much is at stake for both of these two cities and the franchises, it's easy to go up and down. You know, you got game one, it looks like the Cubs are, you know, playing terribly and not going to win any games in a series. And then they look good in game two. And so it's the exact opposite. And uh, so it's all the ups and downs. And it's just this roller coaster of emotion. And that's, that's what we feel in the clubhouse. The Cubs have talked about it. The Indians have as well. They can't ride that same roller coaster. They have to keep things as even feel as possible. Jason Hayward said last night that Sunday is just going to be like any other day in Chicago, any other day that they've experienced. And that's the mindset that I think they need to get back to. I believe the Cubs actually did ride that roller coaster a little bit here on Friday and Saturday, feeding off the anxiety of this city and this fan base. Uh, but, yeah, it's been weird to see that, you know, the, the, the ups and downs of everything this fall. We're talking to Tony Andraghi, CSN Chicago. Tony, it's Andrew. I've been in New York, and you and Paulie have been partying in Chicago. I got to tell you, one of the national headlines is that the Indians manager, Terry Francona, is just having a brilliant World Series. Is there a sense sort of in Cubs land that, not that they're necessarily getting outmanaged, but this has been Francona taking the inferior team all the way. Does that narrative make any sense to you? Not yet. Absolutely. I mean, I think I've joked with colleagues, uh, J.J. Stankovic and I sitting next to each other in the press box, and you know, we were saying in some ways, you know, Tito should be named the MVP of this series if the Indians go on. It's right. like every move he makes is working, you know. So, um, and on the other side, Joe Madden, he's made some really good moves as well. He's he's pulled the right strings. And at the same time, some of his moves just haven't panned out. Um, you know, so I, I don't think, I think obviously Francona deserves a ton of credit. Uh, and the Indians, they're just one of those teams. Uh, I mean, we saw it, you know, even a few years ago with the Rockies up until the World Series. Um, you know, when they won like 20 of 21 or 21 of 22, whatever, at the end of the season, you know, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And the Indians are hot at the right time. They have the belief. And then they have this guy, you know, Tito, who's 
Um, what is he now, like 12-1 and one or something, or 11-1, and one, I think, in World Series games all time. So, absolutely, he deserves all the credit in the world right now. All right, Tony, we're the leisurely, so we don't just break down games. We want to talk about ancillary things. A lot of celebrities. I mean, it's the, the biggest celebrity-studded event in Chicago history. I mean, Dwayne Wade, everybody, Eddie Vedder singing tonight's seventh-inning stretch. Were you like me last night when, when Vince Vaughn got up to sing during the seventh-inning stretch? You wanted him to yell out, rule number 76, no excuses, play like a champion from Wedding Crashers? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you and I talked about that in the field before the game. Uh, I couldn't remember which rule number it was, um, but I was using it for this story because in a way, when Vince Vaughn met with the media, he, he used that, you know, a, a variation of that line saying that he isn't content as a Cubs fan with what they've done so far and he wants to see more. Um, so he was, you know, he wasn't making excuses as a fan. And um, I wish he would have dropped that line. Like if he actually <laughs> set that up on a tee for us, that would have been amazing. But uh, as it was, you know, his, his uh, seventh inning stretch was entertaining. Bill Murray as Daffy Duck was really weird, but still entertaining at the same time. Uh, it's been awesome to see all these people. And even John Hamm here as a Cardinals fan has been trolling the entire city of Chicago. Tony, uh, Paul's been trying to be humble, but you were there <laughs> seems like Paul Paps was a pretty big deal in <laughs> Chicago. Can you confirm this? Oh, boy. Uh, I can confirm, yeah. Uh, my other colleague, Scotty, he, uh, he might be able to confirm it even more. He was with Paul out at the bars. But, you know, I've heard <laughs> so many stories. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like he was part of that celebrity group that he was just talking about. Tony, let me tell you for sure, they do a, a thing in the Chicago Tribune every day after the Cubs games, and they list the celebrities at the game. And there must have been – uh, 75, 80 celebrities listed in in this list in the Chicago Tribune. I was nowhere near that list. <laughs> the only place I'm popular is like Sluggers and Cubby Bear with C students who went to a state schools in the Midwest and are totally blind drunk. That's my demo. <laughs> hey, that's me. That, you just it described <laughs> me and my college years, too. So same demographic. Hey, Tony, enjoy covering the series. You know, I hope you enjoy it tonight. Right, Hopefully it goes back to Cleveland, and thanks for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. That's Tony Andraki from Comcast Sportsnet Chicago. I was hanging with the Comcast Sportsnet guys right before the game yesterday, and everyone's milling about, and I don't know who's who. And all of a sudden, I hear this guy go, you know, uh, wedding crashers, what, what rule is it? No excuse <laughs> play like a champion. I just turn and go, that's rule number 76. And he goes, yeah, yeah, rule number 76. And that's, you know, it's one of those things, like, when guys talk movies, you have to jump in. Movie lines or stuff like that, it's, it was like a perfect quote. Oh, man, he, if he had said that, I would have, or something from Swingers or something, that would have really really added to it because I felt kind of bad. I told you earlier that that's when he got up there with the 7-1 down, that was tough. I felt bad for Vince Vaughn. It would have been nice to have like a 5-1 lead, and he just goes up there and goes berserk. But he, he put up a good show, and he was up there doing interviews at the sidelines. And, you know, uh, there's lots of people up there, that lots of celebrities up there. Dwayne Wade, his whole family was there in one of the booths. That's so cool. Yeah, like Tony mentioned, I did not get the Daffy Duck thing. Did people there understand what he was doing? I guess Bill Murray can kind of do, do no wrong at this stage. I, when he got out there to do seventh inning stretch, he goes, you got to sing as one of the great American entertainers of all time, Daffy Duck. I don't know if Phil was in his cups or just had something in his head <laughs> that he wanted to go with, but he's not predictable, that's for sure. No, absolutely, and it, it was nice. Maybe you'll get the win tonight, Paul. I hope so. Uh, first pitch coming up in about an hour and a half. We're going to get you up to date on the latest NFL games. There's only two going on right now before Football Night in America. And up next, the very popular segment, How Was Your Weekend? We're the Leisurman, NBC Sports Radio. We're back with the Leisurman. I'm Andrew Perloff. He is Paul Pabst. We're having a good time talking a lot of Cubs baseball. Paul just returned from two days in Chicago. Yeah, buddy. I can smell the bratwurst, and something else smells like beer. <laughs> I, as to, I was going to write down on the plane back, but I you know, fell asleep uh, a little bit late last night. Might have got banged up. Who knows? 
I was going to write down my meals and, and diet for the past three days, but I was afraid if I see it, I may collapse and die just by reading the piece of paper. <laughs> I had one sit-down meal. I think every other meal I was standing upright when I ate it. I was either at a taco joint or in Wrigley Field. There's a place called Hot Dugs. It's the best vendor in uh, center field of Wrigley. How did you fit all this food in? You know, there's a lot of walking going on. I, I actually probably burned a few calories this weekend. And Old Style is not the heaviest beer in the world. Not at all. <laughs> so in our famous segment, How Was Your Weekend?, what I'm curious for your weekend, did you do anything besides baseball? Was it just baseball, 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 Wrigley, Wrigley, Wrigley? No, I walked up to a n- nice area called Lincoln Park. It's right by DePaul University. Hit a pub as my old neighborhood and watched college football. It's a great college football watching town because a lot of people, especially in the Midwest, move to Chicago after they graduate from you know Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, wherever. So it's a great Big Ten Notre Dame football watching town. A lot of people are watching Nebraska, Wisconsin. Yeah, who's the team? Is it Notre Dame is the number one team? Notre Dame's big. Michigan's big in Chicago. You got Michigan games sure. pull a lot of people in. Illinois, they stink, but when they're good. Uh, Northwestern. Northwestern is, Look is good for a minute there. respectable. Uh, did a lot of eating, a lot of, you know, tacos and you know, hot dog joints, bratwurst. It's not more of a Polish sausage city than bratwurst. Gotcha. Polish sausage. Now, did you, did you hit an art museum or anything? They have a great uh, art museum there. It's down by the water. Yeah. Been it many times. The Art Institute? Yeah. Didn't make it this week. Oh, you didn't? Okay. <laughs> Well, next time we'll go back. If you know, when the Cubs are in the World Series next year, I'm coming. By the way, you should. Yeah. I, I wish I would have brought you. This would have been a great leisureman field trip, but I, I just didn't feel confident in tickets or getting people in because people were hitting me up like, "Hey, do you have any connections for tickets?" And they think they think because you and I, guys like us, work with Dan Patrick or with NBC Sports, that this was the toughest ticket I've ever seen. Not even close. This makes the Super Bowl look easy. The Wrigley Field holds forty-one thousand. There was 41,000 tickets for game wow. three. And I bet you if that stadium held 500,000 people, they could have filled it. How many of those, uh, how many media members were there? Because that's a lot of space, too. A lot. They have an old school press box there that was just packed. They had the auxiliary press down the left field line, which was packed. Media people were just scrambling for a seat. Uh, some I saw people standing up with laptops. You know, what was them? But they were still in the building. Now, do the people who don't get into the to Wrigley Field who are at the bars. Do they have a good time? Did you sense that people enjoyed? <laughs> well, I know they have a good time. Yeah. But is that a is that a positive experience well, to not get into the stadium? Yes, because you could have just as good of a time, maybe better, because you could hear the game and see the game on TV and probably get more replay. There's probably 40 bars within a, a three iron of Wrigley Field, and maybe more than that. The streets were packed. They said there's 300,000 people outside of Wrigley during the game on Saturday night. Remember, it's also... It was Saturday of Halloween weekend, which in Chicago, that Saturday is Halloween celebration weekend. Oh, man. Girls, guys running around in full outfits, Cubs, you know, and then everyone else has Cubs gear on. Uh, one thing that was overblown in the media, they were talking about how much it costs to get into bars around Wrigley Field. They said $250 cover, yeah. 500 for tables. Those stories were a little bit overblown. There was a couple bars where you had to pay 250 to get in. But then there's other bars where you could pay 50 and stay the whole day. And I don't think a $50 cover charge is that bad for... Because they, they do have a fire code. They can't pack it anymore. So they got to find a way to make some more dough. Now, could you get a beer at these places? Yeah. It was not that out of hand. Uh, okay. The, the streets were out of hand. The streets is where you could get maybe in some trouble because there was thousands of cops literally outside thousands of cops. If you could belly up at a bar near Wrigley, you would have had a really good time. And generally, people were cool. They were nice. And on TV, everybody looked like they were at a great time. It wasn't a violent crowd. I didn't see fights. I didn't see people passed out in the gutter. Maybe after the game, it could have got a little sloppy. The toughest part with Wrigley, the best part about Wrigley is there's an L train. It's an elevated train. Like the subways in New York, if you know the subways, 
This is like a subway that's up in the air. Yeah, I've, seen, I've been on it. So you take it to Wrigley. It's the easiest place to get to in Chicago. But after the game, there was a thousand-person, probably deep line to get on the L train. So what you had to do was walk five blocks to the other L trains ah. and grab those. That's a veteran maneuver for. That's a Chicago Wrigley. native I, doing some work. It was. It was like. But last night, after the loss, the bad loss, people were walking. A lot of people are drunk. A lot of we were walking down um, Sheffield Street, Sheffield uh, Avenue. And it's a four. It's a five-block walk to Belmont Avenue, where you get the other L train, and it was like thousands of zombies quietly walking in the street. Oh. And morale was really low. I'm sure it maybe kicked up once people got home or got to the bars, but for just walking down the street looking for the L train, I was like, man, this is. And then we got on the train, and after Cubs games, it's like, yeah, let's go. All right, we're having a good time. Everyone's tuned up. I'm on the L train. You're here. Uh, next up, Lincoln, Chicago. Oh, it was dead quiet. What time did you get home? Uh hmm. Let's move on. How was your weekend? How was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was very tame. I watched a lot of NBA basketball, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of baseball. Watched a lot of college football. Of course, watched a lot of NFL. Any issues? Yes. I had two major issues. One, a huge rainstorm hit today. Yes. That almost sunk my car. Wait, how? Well, did you drive through somewhere? like? A under- I drove through, and I don't know. What is the rule? It got to whatever the level... Where the tire meets the body of the car. So it, it was almost in your car. It was almost leaked. Could have almost leaked in my car. So your Honda Accord, it's not jacked up, right? No, no, no. It's not. <laughs> definitely not. So we, you do in a situation like this, if you have a car and you see a puddle or a, go under like a viaduct or whatever it is. Yeah. Let someone else go first. Yeah, no. Everybody was going first, but we were just, we were all going for it. And I got through and I heard some funny noises. And then I'm <laughs> like, oh. Like you hear your car. Mm-hmm. You know, I got about two thirty on this bad boy, so I'm I'm a little aggressive. Miles? I'm a little aggressive, yeah. Wow. I don't care if, if the O nine Accord sinks. I just don't want to be in it. Then the other thing is, I'm working on a huge Halloween costume for tomorrow's Dan Patrick show. Okay, because you every year, like a couple of years ago, you blew my doors off when you went as Steve Prefontaine, yeah. the legendary organ runner. I've always respected that. one. Yeah, John McEnroe. Last year, I was the Kirk Cousins. You like that vine? Yeah, that went well. I got a lot of press for that. This year, it's bad. <laughs> I, okay, so <laughs> there was this year. I was late to the party. Okay, and, you know, a lot going on, and I had nothing. So Friday, I start to scramble, and I'm like, I'm going to use arts and crafts. So all I'm going to tell you is there's spray paint. And how about this? Since the Leisureman is like a small little weekend yeah, show, yeah. it's just our little club. Why don't you tell the Leisureman fans what you're going to do in the DP I show? I can't. You can't? I can't, but you'll know. I don't want you to know. Let me just tell you, I, I used five cans of spray paint on a cardboard box, <laughs> and it was not proper ventilation. So I'm a little bit high right nice. now. No, this was this afternoon. My head, you know, my head was Well, You came and you said, I got a headache. I feel a little dizzy up top. Yeah. And look at my hands, by the way. There's, like, here, Polly. look at this hand right now. I can't. Oh, there's black spray paint. Do you have any paint. turpentine on you? Yeah, I got some. Uh, I keep my turpentine in my, my gym bag. So, like, as, as cool and awesome as your weekend was, mine was kind of bizarre. Man, we're going to keep you. That's great, man. All right, uh, we're going to come up in a little bit. We're going to have Leisureman approved, not approved. We have some Cam Newton postgame sound that I haven't heard yet, so I'm curious to see what you know your reaction is, too. Please call in, 855-323-4622. Watching a little... Green Bay, Atlanta, yeah. six and a half to go. Wow, Atlanta took the lead, 26-24. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers driving. And on the other screen, we got J.K. Simmons, uh, Cubs celebrity fan. I think, oh, no, what's he's that a, hat? I think he's an, an Indians fan. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who was the band leader, the uh, 
uh, instructor in Whiplash, which he's well known for. That's right funny. There. That's the role. Yeah, I guess that's his role. That now. is his role. Because he was a, a bad guy in Oz. But he's a, he was a character actor until Whiplash. Once you Absolutely. Get, once you get nominated, then you become a name. Remember also he was in Spider-Man. He played sure. the, uh, the the editor. Thank you for smoking. He was uh, he was the boss. He's in- been in everything. He's been in 300. We could sit here and do J.K. Simmons movies for about an hour. Oh, I wish we could. We're up against it. All right, stick around. Leisureman approved, not approved coming up. Cam Newton sounding. Human takes. Love the human takes. We're the Leisureman, NBC Sports Radio.